everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever. Uh, my name is Lucas Maxwell, and this is a podcast for your, um, I already said that, it's a podcast for your school library, and the idea is hopefully provide practical um, tips for your uh, library. So what I'm going to talk to you today about is essentially um, the benefits of reading for pleasure. There, um, I mean, some of them are obvious, but uh, but seeing some stuff again on social media, and this kind of gets, in my opinion, a little boring, to be perfectly honest. Um, not Hopefully not this, what I'm saying, <laughs> but um, seeing people uh, negate or diminish uh, people's reading, uh, what they're reading, and how much they read, etc., etc., um, it gets a little tiresome, but I guess that's the, uh, I don't know, that's the eternal fight. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know why I should have to, or not I, but librarians should have to convince the the dullards on social media. I don't think we should have to, but um, I feel sometimes like, I don't know, sometimes it's fun. I think I find it funny me to annoy people who are like that um this is my own thing i find it funny when when uh, i'm mostly bad people but people who are being obnoxious get angry i find it really funny i don't know that's some weird defense thing i don't know i've never been psychoanalyzed uh, but i used to i always as a young person i used to find it really funny to uh <laughs> make uh people i didn't care for angry i don't know what (laughs) that was about um i don't know it's hard to kind of explain but uh part of me like really wants to uh please everyone around me but then if people i don't care about or people that um that are really not nice people i find it really hilarious when they get upset and uh i don't know what that is but uh so I, i try not to do that on social media i don't think you should i'm very positive on social media but uh uh anyway I, I didn't uh, tag this person. I just made a comment about reading for pleasure. And I've spoken a lot about this uh, over the last 10 years, 15 years now, I guess. Um, and I don't know, reading for pleasure. Uh, so I'm going to go through, I guess, a few things that will hopefully show benefits. And there are, you know, thousands of benefits to reading for pleasure and i always start usually with comic books <clears throat> when i get a chance to speak to new teachers and stuff like that um i i always talk about comic books because um a few years ago i was in uh, a bookshop and heard the cliche thing a kid had this uh, like a dog man comic book in his hand and his mom was there and she said uh get a real book you're not getting that book and I heard it again in a library with a, with a comic book where a father was kind of almost chastising his son about, you know, choosing that kind of book. Um, comic books and manga, things like that, are often dismissed as not real books, but they, A, comic books provide an entry point for uh kids who think they hate reading or really struggling readers. And we've got some amazing uh, comic books that um, I would recommend for students who are, um, you know, not really into reading, but 
<clears throat> or don't, <clears throat> excuse me, think they aren't into reading, but um, especially like the Reign of Telgamar series, um, you know, Smile, Got Sisters, Drama, um, anything by Victoria Jameson. There's a lot of great American uh, comic books out there. Um, and there's a ton of UK ones as well. I shouldn't dismiss anybody like that. But um, the language used in comics is actually often more uh, very advanced and can often use more rare or difficult words than, you know, regular uh, regular books. And I was reading about this um, research that was done by professors at um, uh, California State University, um, which linked reading comics to greater literacy skills. Um, so this idea that reading... So the, the thing that's kind of set it off for me was this social media kind of push that reading like Wimpy Kid, etc. doesn't actually have any literary merit, uh, which is complete, you know, BS. Um, and that person, I think that person's just a troll, but anyway. Um, <laughs> comics actually can, you know, make you uh, smarter and, a, and, a, and more liter literate, uh, for sure. Um, so the idea that the writing of comic books, so the writing in comic books is kind of like lowbrow or what the article quotes as gutter speak um in actuality to learn language and improve on your vocabulary readers must be exposed to you know complicated language um and the language that this research study used to uh, they looked at the language in you know mediums like television children's books adult books and comic books um and then they analyzed the oral language used by college graduates um and they uncovered the fact that the language used by comic books is actually more, far more advanced than the oral communication skills of college graduates. And twice as many, using twice as many or rare, rare or difficult words. Um, and comic books often use more challenging language than children's literature. Um, so... <sighs> having a well it's not just this idea like hey comic books are fun and beautifully drawn and these amazing stories they're all all of that stuff um every school library should have extremely well stocked comic book section and this idea that they are kind of lesser than is complete garbage and actually they are as we said they are in many ways more advanced than uh, many other books okay um so i i always talk about that and i always uh, reiterate that as much as possible um and i write i write a lot about um different things regarding comics and how i um have interacted with them in the past because comics were something that i would only read um uh, there was a there was a time when i would only read punisher comics um i was kind of obsessed with them um especially this one called Punisher War Journal, which is super violent. And <laughs> I was obsessed with that kind of stuff. I was raised on, like, Nintendo, and um, I would sneak downstairs. I was supposed to be in bed, and I would sneak downstairs. And our TV room had two entrances. So we had this really old, um, for, for Canada old, like 150-year-old house that was like a wreck when we bought it or whatever we were renting, my dad fixed it up. So it was really just old. It had all these weird little quirks to it, and I was, I was convinced it was haunted. The, the story that my dad told was that the guy who owned it 
uh, before us was went insane. They had to drag him out uh, in a straitjacket. That's what he told me. I don't know why he decided to tell that to like a five-year-old, but that's what he did. Um, <laughs> and the place was like, the, the basement was full of rats and stuff like that. But it was a beautiful house once he got it cleaned up. Um, the um, the entranceway had, the, the, the TV room had the two entrances. And I would sneak downstairs and go in the back entrance and end up watching what my parents were watching, which I wasn't supposed to be. So I watched like Platoon. I watched um, Apocalypse Now. My dad was obsessed with the Vietnam War and obsessed with World War II. So at a very young age, like eight, nine, I was my head was being filled with um, lethal weapon, uh, all this stuff, which kind of tied into um, all these comic books that I was obsessed with, like Punisher War Journal and Spawn. Uh, and stuff like that, that is extremely dark. And that's all I would read. And I always tell the story that I was, uh, I, think, I don't know how old it was, maybe 13. Um, a teacher asked me to pick up a piece of like, litter that was on the floor. I didn't litter it, but it was a piece of litter on the classroom floor. And it was like a muddy footprint on it. It was one page. And I flipped it over. And it was this uh, short story by Kurt Vonnegut that I didn't know who he was. And the story was called Harrison Bergeron. And it's just about this guy who goes... This dystopian nightmare where TV companies rule the world. Uh, I think they watch the police just come and arrest you if you. I think that's what it is. The police come and just arrest you, kill you if you are speaking out. Uh, Harrison Bergeron like storms the TV studio that is like controlling society with a with a sawed off like twelve gauge shotgun, just starts killing everybody. Uh, and I was like, "What is this?" Uh, I was obsessed with it. Uh, that story. I folded it up, kept it in my pocket. Um, maybe that's disturbing to some i know this is not probably not going down well if anyone in america is listening to this because it's not a very nice thing this this is unfortunately things that happen in america um uh, routinely now which is uh, beyond tragic um but for me as a canadian kid it was just like i can't believe that an adult wrote this and we can read this stuff like i was never exposed to anything like that and then i became obsessed with vonnegut and started to read but comics kept me reading as my point comic books it didn't i mean Maybe if you look now, they say, yeah, maybe a nine, ten-year-old should not be reading books with a guy with an Uzi uh, shooting it up an entire bar just because he's gone insane. Um, but uh, that's what I was into, um, like it or not, I guess. Um, but anyway, the idea is that comics have this, overall, have this hugely positive um, impact uh, on your brain. Um and they can do some really, really good stuff. And um, I, the comic books, um, they are like I said, they they are they're challenging gifted readers. They're they're an entry point for struggling readers, and they help other, more able students learn. They help everyone kind of almost like leveling the playing field. Um, I love this story by this guy named Dan Hurley, who, who writes for the Washington Post. And he told The Guardian that as a child, he was late in school. So he's probably, yeah, this would have been like the 80s. He was labeled as slow, quote unquote slow, um, and grouped with um, what the rest of the school called the dumb kids. And he says by the age of 10, at the age of 10, he was rescued by Spider-Man. He became obsessed with reading comic books and drawing his own comic books. And by the age of 11, he was, he was getting straight A's. This is an American high school. Um, and he spent then three years as an adult, as a science writer, interviewing psychologists and neuroscience from all over the world. Um, and he, 
his conclusion was that reading and intelligence, especially emotional intelligence, form this kind of like symbiotic uh, relationship. Therefore, this is why the, the comic books have become so were so vital to him uh, uh, to becoming to overcoming the you know certain challenges that he had. Um, and I know that on a um, the students who you know the the library that I work students they they absolutely devour our comic books we have this huge manga club um these are um uh you know students from all sorts of different backgrounds religions uh countries um ages they all kind of like come together to to read these manga these comics um and teachers to this day are still some teachers are still sending kids back into the library to say you know get a they told you know, get a real book. You know, you're not going to reread a comic. Also, rereading like who cares if they don't, if they reread a book? It doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, that's a good thing. They should be rereading. Uh, it means they love the book, uh, <laughs> um, which is amazing. So anyway, I'm talking. That's talking about um, comic books. Talking about reading in general. So, so if you're thinking about children. Um, with reading difficulties, or who, are, who have challenges towards reading, they are at a greater risk of developing mental health problems later in life, including depression, anxiety, behavioral problems, even anger and, and aggression. Um, and non-readers are 28% more likely to report feelings of depression. And there's about a, almost a million and a half people in the UK are saying that they rarely read because of depression. And that's by someone named Mark E. Boyce, uh, who wrote an article called Why Are Reading Difficulties Associated with Mental Health Problems? So if you're thinking about the idea that if you are reading, um, if you aren't a reader, you're already kind of like behind the eight ball. Um, you're, you're really behind because um, not only just in general, I understand like, literacy wise but emotionally mentally um, how you perceive the world is going to be different and you're going to be viewing it in a more uh, from a perspective of um, possibly anxiety you know from anxiety um, or depression uh, that's super sad uh, that's why again school librarians are are crucial um, and then so looking at um, a, a study about uh, five or six years ago from the University of Liverpool called reading between the lines um, children and adults who read for pleasure have higher levels of self-esteem and greater ability to cope with difficult situations. So reading for pleasure will increase self-esteem, resiliency, and is associated with better sleep patterns. Reading for pleasure then also significantly reduces the feelings of loneliness for people aged 18 to 64. Again, that's from someone named Jay Billington, reading between the lines, um, University of Liverpool study. Um, so I'm going to unpack that a little bit. So higher self-esteem, ability to cope with difficult situations, put a speech marks around difficult situations. So what is that? That is something that people are facing every single day in this, in the world that we now exist. And that's the sad reality. Going to school uh, can be a difficult situation. Finding uh, someone to talk to, finding someone, um, who can empathize with you somebody's finding uh, so for some of these kids uh, having a safe place uh, to go after school can be a difficult situation um, 
is reading a comic book or a book going to like solve the problem? No, but it's talking about it's not saying that. It's saying the the, the ability to cope. Okay, so um, self esteem, resiliency, something schools don't shut up about. Schools have to are constantly yelling at kids to be more resilient. Okay, um, uh, so here we go. How do you become more resilient? Uh, it's not about taking hard knocks your whole life and then just picking yourself up. Um, there's talking about reading for pleasure can help you cope. Why? Because you're putting yourself in people, other people's shoes who have experienced horrible situations. You're reducing your own anxiety. Um, you're reducing levels of depression. Uh, you're boosting your own self-esteem because you are um, experiencing these worlds for yourself. Um, so, but those who read for pleasure regularly also achieve higher uh, test scores in secondary school than those uh, who do not. And that is from Professor Alice uh, Sullivan, who wrote uh, a report um, that cites uh, many different studies uh, all around the world and then talks about why reading for pleasure uh, matters, okay? Um, and that's about, you know, it's a few years old, but it talks about um, how reading for pleasure enhances empathy, understanding of the self, and the ability to understand one's own and other's identities. Okay, what better way to see the world than through someone else's eyes in a book? Um, uh, we are talking a lot about empathy in school, <clears throat> the fact that you need to um, see somebody struggling or see, try to see life through someone else's perspective. Uh, read a book like A Kind of Spark. Okay, Read a book like When I See Blue by Lily Bailey, which deals with um, OCD, kind of spark, um, an autistic protagonist, which is this awesome, uh, um, absolutely awesome uh, TV show uh, right now. Uh, read a book like Fight Back by A.M. Dasu, which deals with Islamophobic, uh, be, being the victim of Islamophobia and standing up for yourself. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, there are so many amazing books out there that deal with this stuff. Okay. Um, let's continue. Um, so there's this great uh, charity called uh, the Reading Agency and they talk a lot about reading for pleasure and they found that 16-year-olds um, who choose to read books for pleasure outside of school are more likely to secure managerial profes uh, professional jobs later in life and having books at home so this is something I talked about in another podcast where I was able to give everybody in your aid a free book which I was really excited about um, having books in the home is associated with both reading enjoyment and confidence. Uh, of children who report having fewer than 10 books in their homes, 42% say they do not like reading, and only 32% say that they are very confident readers. Um, for children who report having over 200 books, that's a lot of books, only 12% say they don't like reading, and 73% consider themselves very confident readers. 200 books, a lot of books, but, um, you know, you... It's not unreasonable for some people to have that many books. They're scattered all over my house, but I, a, I'm a librarian. So, um, reading for pleasure is more important for children's cognitive development than their parents' level of education, and is a more powerful factor in life achievement than socioeconomic background. Okay. So, and again, that is from uh, the reading agency that cites a plethora of sources. So. Um, how do we uh, go about 
doing it. So a, I mean, I'm probably preaching to the choir if this is school librarians listening, but schools need to hire a school librarian, a dedicated library space, a healthy budget, and uh, and a librarian who knows what they're doing. Okay, so um, it is very important that that happens. All these things will come together. You'll see grades increase. You'll see anxiety reduced. You'll see a hub. You know, a beating heart of the school. You'll see uh, programs being developed where kids are uh, learning, having fun, reducing anxiety, making new friends, and creating these unique, memorable experiences that will never go away. Uh, it is vital that um, you are buying books that reflect uh, the diverse nature of your. Uh, student body if a student who is not um who is from a different culture or is essentially in this kind in the uk has a different skin color than white constantly sees brown people black people um people of different ethnicities as the villain over and over and over and over again they're going to associate themselves as the other they're going to associate themselves as the as the bad person, um, as the villain, uh, and that is true. And if they see themselves as the hero of their of the story, um, that perspective can flip. And all it takes is for them for you to purchase books that have uh, characters like that as the main uh, the main character. And there's loads out there. Okay, um, I would. Uh, recommend looking at like websites like uh, uh, the reading agency um, uh, topsta is a great one t-o-p-p-s-t-a uh, there's tons of reading uh, books. I have lists um, uh, the reading teacher uh, has lists if you just google that person um, his name is Scott Evans really great lists of books uh, there's tons of that stuff so Hopefully, um, this is my little rant, I guess, uh, because of this uh, thing, this <laughs> tweet that I saw. So hopefully that's uh, come out okay. But um, that is it for today. Um, I hope that um, I hope that uh, was enjoyable. I don't know if it is or not, but I will speak to you uh, next time. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>